Welcome to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito from Private Vista. In this podcast, we draw from years of experience as well as guest specialists to help you create the life you imagine. Join us in this journey as we enlighten and empower you to align your lifestyle to help you achieve your goals with a clear picture of your future. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to Dollars and Cents with your host, Nicole Romito. Nicole, how are you? I'm doing great, as always, because I'm talking with you, Eric. How are you oh, today? Thanks. See, I'm blushing over here. Nobody can see it. That's okay. <laughs> I, I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited. You've got another guest on the show. I mean, you have been consistently finding and speaking with amazing guests, and today is no different. I couldn't agree more. I have been so fortunate having um, such high caliber guests on to talk about a whole host of um, topics. And today is certainly no different. As you know, Eric, and our longtime listeners, that Private Vista, part of the service and conversations we have with our clients is about legacy and what do they want to pass on and to whom when they're no longer with us. Mm-hmm. And that's not only the dollars and cents of it, but also their money values. And so today, to add another layer or a different perspective to that conversation, in studio with me is Alexandra Coys, and her company, Lighten, helps her cl- helps people plan their their send off, if you will. So um, she's going to talk about some alternatives to the traditional funeral uh, home arrangement, if you will. So I think it's going to be a really interesting topic for us to discuss today. Oh, man, I'm I'm. this is incredibly timely because I'm actually flying out later this week to go to a funeral. And I just mm. uh, got notice from one of my clients today that his father is probably in the last couple of days of his life. And so it's been uh, on my mind a lot. So I'm really excited to hear what you guys talk about. I mean, thank you so much for bringing her on. Yes, absolutely. So first of all, I'd like to welcome Alexandra. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. So before we get into our conversation, I'm going to share a little bit about you with our listeners. As I mentioned, we have Alexandra Coys in studio with me today. She is the founder and CEO of Lighten, a startup transforming the future of the funeral industry. Lighten offers end-of-life arrangements designed for families who want to avoid the traditional somber funeral home and opt for a more uplifting experience to honor a legacy. And I, I love that because I think a lot of us would rather be celebrating our loved one who's no longer with us. And Lighten does this by offering personalized celebrations of life that reflects the individual's unique personal, cultural, and spiritual identity. Her company's online planning portal delivers a modern streamlined process that allows families to plan from the comfort of their own homes. Alexandra founded Lighten while pursuing her MBA at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. A pivotal moment for her business came in 2020 when she and her team won second place in Booth's annual startup competition, the New Venture Challenge. And this is so cool. Alexandra raised $380,000 for the business, which is amazing considering that companies that are solely founded by women only receive 2.4% of total capital invested in venture-backed startups in the U.S. So that's amazing. I am applauding Alexandra here in the uh, studio at that amazing accomplishment. Thank you, Nicole. 
Oh, you're welcome. So with that, Alexander, now that um, our audience knows a little bit about you and how you started the company, mm-hmm. um, why don't we, I mean, I shared kind of what your what the business purpose is, but if you want to maybe expand on that a little bit about how Lighten provides an alternative to the traditional funeral services that I would say most of us are familiar with. I'd be happy to get into that in a little bit more detail. So you mentioned uh, in the in in the introduction to the program that we offer an alternative to the funeral home. And oftentimes we are helping families gather outside of sort of that traditional somber environment in locations that are more uplifting. And that might include locations like theaters, parks, restaurants, museums, live music venues, art galleries. So locations that are more uplifting and are more reflective of something that the person being honored and celebrated may have loved. And that can often make families feel like they are in the presence of their loved one and that they are celebrating their loved one in a way they themselves would have loved. And that can really be a healing experience for the family and friends who are coming together in their honor. Another piece of the personalization is the ceremony itself that is conducted at that location. So oftentimes there are gatherings of, you know, speakers giving reflections, readings, particular music, music that's played, and we help them craft a ceremony that truly honors their loved one's unique identity. And that might highlight, you know, specific relationships that were important in that person's life, maybe particular passions, hobbies, you know, career accomplishments. It might include personalizing with specific prayers, specific languages spoken, specific food served during the gathering. Um, So there are many different aspects that we can help families bring together that truly reflect who their loved one was and what was important to them. I, I love that. I, I've been to a, a few f- funerals recently, and one that's coming to mind is a friend's mom. She was very excited. She made it to her 90th birthday. Mm-hmm. And um, even though it was, I would say, somewhat of a traditional ceremony, if you will, um, it, with the service that was in the church, instead of having a mass, they had family members from all the different generations because she had, I think, mm-hmm. all the way up to like great, great grandchildren. And so they had a representative from each class, if you will, to talk about what the mom, grandma or great grandma mm-hmm. meant to them. And it was just so moving. And I felt like I really got to know her mom even better that day. Yes, that's a great example. I love that approach of having maybe multiple people from different generations or different aspects of how they knew her being able to represent her because it almost gives you this 360 view of that person. And I also really like what you highlighted where there's sort of this traditional location and maybe non-traditional approach to honoring that person. And I think that's a really great example of doing what's right for that particular person. And sometimes it doesn't have to be all traditional or all non-traditional. It can be a blend of both. And we really encourage 
you know, families to think through what's right for your family, what's right for your loved one. And the approach that, you know, Lighten takes is really meeting families where they are in terms of what feels right for them. So it's not a one size fits all, either in the traditional aspect or in, you know, a non traditional aspect. It's really tailored to their unique situation. Yes. And I I love that because even though it was certainly for my friend, very sad and, uh, you know, just a low point in her life with her Mm -hmm. mother no longer there, it was, I think she, she, it was great because everyone could show their love for her and her Mm -hmm. mother. And there's no better way to do that than either sharing like, oh, here's how your mom impacted my life or, you know, sharing a funny story where even though it was a sad time, you could still write smile through the tears. That's right. And I think a really interesting point that you touch on there is sort of this coexistence of grief and happiness or grief and joy. Yes. And I think that's something that we are hearing from more and more families that they want, that is important for them to have that joy and that happiness represented. And that can be different from what we're used to thinking about when we think about someone's funeral or memorial. Oftentimes we think about the sadness and the grief aspects But when we work with families, a lot of times they come to us saying, we want this to be a happy atmosphere because we want people to feel uplifted by this gathering. We want people to remember the good times and focus on the wonderful life that she lived and not just focus on her passing. And I think this coexistence of grief and joy is a really interesting thing that we're seeing that's new and wasn't always part of traditional ceremonies of the past, but we're seeing that it's a really important part of what families are wanting to incorporate into their loved one's gathering, and it can almost be part of their grieving process and their healing process in a really important way. Yeah, I I agree. I know um, I experienced that. My, my mom died. Um, we're coming up on five years. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, thank you. And um, one of the things my family used both while she was battling cancer and then just kind of in general is we do it, like to use humor to deflect or, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, infuse some sort of lev- levity into a otherwise awful situation. Um And so I'd love to hear about, and I'm happy to share uh, some of the challenges I had is as it was getting towards the end and we were realizing, you know, she wasn't going to win the battle with cancer. I would think that you and your team are often having these hard conversations or coaching people on how do you start these conversations with the family members beforehand? That's a great question. And as you pointed out, Sometimes those conversations are happening after someone has passed away, but sometimes they're happening before someone has passed away. And death isn't something that we're used to talking about or thinking about until we absolutely have to. And it can be scary. It can be uncomfortable. But what happens in that case, if we haven't had these discussions ahead of time, a family can often feel caught off guard or overwhelmed or be uninformed of their options. And so everything can feel very chaotic, especially in a time of grief when they've just lost someone. And there's this added pressure of, are we doing what's right for her? Or are we doing what he would have wanted? So there can really be a lot of 
comfort almost. And there can be a lot of peace that's brought to the family by being able to have these conversations ahead of time and empower themselves with the knowledge of what their loved one would have wanted and to make sure they're doing, you know, what they what they would have wanted. And I would say a way to approach that conversation, it doesn't always have to be as direct as what would you like us to do after you die or after you pass away, but it can be approached in terms of how do you want to be remembered or what do you want to have highlighted about your legacy? And oftentimes that can help people think about their life and what they want to have highlighted and celebrated rather than specifically on the passing itself. So having a conversation about what was important to them or what is important to them about their life, about their identity, about their accomplishments, I think can be a way to start that conversation in a more positive and accessible way. I love that. And I, yeah, I know in talking with my mom, it was how all those things you just highlighted and I think the way she was looking at it too was um, almost like how am I still, how is she still connected with the Mm -hmm. people who were going to be there, right? Yes. So I know um, I was the one uh, in my family who had to give the the eulogy, if you will. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I wanted to highlight was for the people that were showing up to support my dad and my sister and other family is to remind them and just celebrate like the connection that everyone there had with my mom. That's right. Yeah. And it, and it was, I will say too, we had some bumps in the road where I'd love your thoughts on, I feel like when I was starting to first bring it up with my parents, I mean, granted, it's it's a, certainly a different dynamic because I was the daughter and I don't run a company that specializes in this. <laughs> so I probably was a little more direct than I should have been. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I felt like my parents felt like if they started talking about it, that they were giving up. And so I think part of that was just the, the, pro- the grief process for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if, you know, that's part of either like some of the tools in your toolbox for you and your team, or even if you could share something with our listeners on how do you, maybe some of the ways that you mentioned about maybe you're not hitting it square in the nose, but mm-hmm. here's some questions to ask. Or if you start off highlighting a really happy memory sure. or things like that, it might allow them to let their guard down. Sure. Yeah, I think that's a a really good thing to think about. So if you do feel like your parents, for example, might be sort of startled or spooked or feel uncomfortable about talking about death because it means they're, they don't have, they're sort of giving up on having more life ahead of them. That is certainly not at all the case. But if you feel like your loved one who you're speaking with might feel that way, One approach could be to share what you yourself have thought about wanting. So for example, Nicole, if you said, well, I'm thinking about my estate planning and my legacy and how I want to be remembered, and here's what I've been thinking about for myself. So that made me think about wanting to talk to you about what you would want for yourself, because really it's never too early to be thinking about how you would want your either your affairs put in order or how you would want your legacy to be remembered. So I think if they hear that someone who they might perceive as 
not being close to the end is thinking about those things that may be a that may make them feel more comfortable and more safe having that conversation. That's great. And I know another tactic I, that sounds so cold or uh, another strategy I used mm-hmm. is um because I work with a lot of clients who are all different ages, or even if they're the similar age of me, we've had those conversations about parents. And so I was able to borrow some mm-hmm. stories to say, Hey, I, you know, I've, um, we've had clients who have gone through this, or here's some things that I've seen clients do and kind of sharing stories just to give them ideas that seemed to help as well to be able to allow them to have the conversation. I think that's a really good approach as well. Yeah. So I think too, as we were talking, Alexandra, um, I know for myself uh, and actually any of us, when we're starting to work with a new client, um, you know, we have a document checklist And that helps clients because it can be overwhelming when people are starting Mm -hmm. down the path of working with an advisor and building a financial plan. It can get pretty overwhelming pretty quickly with the amount of documents and information and questions we're asking. Mm -hmm. So we'll have a a checklist um, that after a, a conversation or two, we can tailor to them and say, hey, here's the top five documents we need in order to Mm -hmm. move forward. I believe, you know, what what are some of the tools you and your team have created to, again, help people navigate this very emotional time? One of the main tools that we use to help families or individuals plan is our online planning portal. So we do have an online account that each customer has or each family has when they decide to work with us that guides them through the process of each of the steps that they may want to consider when planning a memorial or a celebration of life. So there's a guided planning process that walks them through creating a program for a memorial ceremony, creating invitations, writing an obituary, organizing photos, choosing an officiant or florals or, you know, venues. There's a handful of of things that families may want to include in their gathering. And each family is a little bit different in terms of what they want to incorporate, what's important to them and what's not important to them. But that online portal allows them to be guided through the process, to plan from the comfort of their own home, to have a very structured process and a structured place to keep their plans. In addition, we do Um, pair them with a guide from our team who's able to answer their questions because sometimes this is, or oftentimes, planning something like this is very new and can be sort of a mystery since we don't talk about this ahead of time. So giving them someone that they're able to talk through their questions or their thoughts with, we have found to be very helpful for some families to be able to have that So that's the approach that we take to giving them a structured process. And I think a lot of people take comfort in having that structure. Yeah, I I would have loved to have had that structure. And especially since their guide from your team. I love I love that concept or that label or title because mm-hmm. it's like they're they're walking alongside you just to help mm-hmm. guide you along the path. And oftentimes it it's been my experience that, you know, if you go to the traditional funeral home, and again, we're not saying if that's the path you want to take, mm-hmm. you know, or that's what works, or we're not saying right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just saying there's options, right? But 
I've seen and again, gone through is when you go to the funeral home, they have their process and and their kind of checklist, if you will, which is helpful, but um, it's, it's kind of their process or this is, you know, this is the way mm-hmm. that we typically handle it. Yes. And as you mentioned, you know, the traditional option is the right route for some folks. Right. Um, if that is not the right approach for them and they feel like a different option would be a better fit. You know, we're all about empowering families with options to do what feels right for them. But a lot of folks do say, hey, I've been to the traditional funerals and I think a lot of people feel like they're sort of a cookie cutter experience where they kind of all look and feel the same. And for a very long time, there have been specific processes and procedures that the funeral homes have followed, which are comforting to some folks and are the right approach for some folks, but they can feel very cookie cutter for someone who wants something more personalized or more uplifting. So our you know, configurable process allows them to work through the planning steps, but have a lot of ways to to customize you know, the location, the details, the, et cetera, to what feels right to them. Hey, pardon the interruption. I know you are listening to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito, and we're happy you're here. If you have any questions, please head over to myprivatevista.com or the show notes to find out how to reach us. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I uh, I know when you and I were doing our prep for this um, episode, I know even I was like, I want when I'm not here or when I'm gone, I want a big mm-hmm. celebration or a big party. I mm-hmm. want everyone to have fun and share all their their favorite crazy story they had with yes. me. So I was like, oh, okay, great. Now I, you know, I had, I had talked to someone about, hey, mm-hmm. you're going to be the, you know, master of ceremony, but right. um, it's going to be great that I can even kind of more finalize it and help, you know, so it's not all put on someone else or the group of people left behind, right? Yes, yes, that's right. And I love what you just said, like, you know, I want a party because some people do specifically say that. We actually just had a gentleman whose family came to us who that was his exact request. He said, after I pass away, I want a party. And they gathered in their local Irish pub and Uh (laughs) had a celebration of life right there. And there was a lot of wonderful storytelling, reminiscing over photos. And one of the things that made me chuckle is the song that they chose to close the ceremony was called keg on my casket so it was oh, uh, really i'm not familiar it, it, with that one <laughs> i wasn't either until until they they brought that one to us but it just goes to show some people really want that uplifting kind of celebratory atmosphere you know others take a more mellow approach but again it's all about what feels right for that particular person and that particular family you know it can look very celebratory. It can look very mellow. It could look like a combination of traditional and non-traditional. So there's really no right or wrong way to approach it, like you said. Right. I I agree. And I, I one thing I could see maybe if people are talking to the loved ones, whether the person is planning their future ceremony, like well ahead of time, as you mentioned, Or if someone is, you know, battling an illness and they're like, hey, I just want to get everything in order, maybe can you share some experiences or, um, you know, how do you handle, I've got to imagine between the different generations, you know, we talked about that earlier, how different generations were 
have been represented, Mm -hmm. but if different generations are involved in the the planning process, Mm -hmm. I would think there might be some, um, you know, touchy topics or Mm -hmm. I'm going to stereotype here, but maybe the older generation wants to be more traditional and Mm -hmm. the younger generation maybe wants to be a little more celebratory. Yeah, absolutely. And that is something that we have seen, whether it's different sides of the family want to approach things a different way or different generations within Mm -hmm. the family wanting to approach things a different way. And that might be, you know, disagreements over religious versus secular. It might be celebratory versus traditional. Um, It might be gathering in person or gathering virtually. So there are certainly many different ways that viewpoints can differ on what the right approach is. And Oftentimes, it's a matter of finding the right balance or the right, you know, compromising points, you know, the right points to compromise on that allow each person to feel like their voice is heard. And oftentimes what we have heard from the families that we've worked with is it can help to have a neutral party who is helping to plan because they can kind of lay out the options and sort of moderate the conversations and make sure each person's voice is heard. So oftentimes, you know, in the example of maybe one generation wanting something traditional and someone, you know, someone else from a different generation in the family wanting something non-traditional, it might be that it's a combination of both. So there might be, you know, a traditional religious ceremony followed by a more uplifting celebration of life. So oftentimes we see families sort of combining approaches to create something that feels right for the the family as a whole. Yeah, I I love that. And I feel like we're going to be, I'm sure you and your team are already seeing it a lot. Mm-hmm. I know just as, again, I look to myself and then my circle of friends or even some family members and things like that. And reading in the newspaper and things like that, it does seem to be that the trend of the population who is more engaged with a, like a formal religious institution, um, right, or structure that that the trend, at least in these polls continues to go down. So I would think that in itself would lend it to, first of all, your company being even your services being needed more than ever because the landscape is changing. Um, But I also think, too, like you said, to have a neutral third party who really has no no history with the family or no skin in the game to say, hey, here's some things to consider or I can be a sounding board where everyone can at least make sure they're getting to voice their opinion or Mm -hmm. share their concerns. Yes, absolutely. And you hit on a a really interesting point that, you know, families a lot of families tend to be less traditionally religious. And you uh, mentioned, you know, there was a a Gallup poll in 2021, I believe it was, that found for the first time more than 50% of Americans do not formally belong to a church, a synagogue, or a mosque. So I think it's about 53% do not formally belong to a religious institution that they're, you know, attending on a regular basis. And for some people, it means religion isn't a part of, you know, their life or their traditions. For others, it might mean that religion is or spirituality is a part of their life and traditions, but they are not attending a formal religious institution to practice that. It's something that's more personal or something that, you know, is a little less formal. Mm -hmm. Um, But that 
brings up some really interesting implications for what our end-of-life traditions are in this country, because typically those religious institutions used to be the keeper of the traditions and the rituals around end-of-life, and for many, they still are. But for more than half the population, they don't have that religious community to turn to in order to have that support. And again, for some folks, that means religion isn't a part of their traditions, but for others, they're coming to us saying, hey, we want some elements of religion, but we don't belong to a formal religious community. Can you help us with that? So oftentimes we are seeing um, what families are looking for being this blend of some secular components, some spiritual components, some cultural components. And again, we're all about meeting families where they are in terms of what feels right for their loved one and what feels right for their family. But there are some interesting shifts happening in terms of what folks' traditions are. Yeah, absolutely. I would say not only uh, that, we could just end that sentence there, right? <laughs> not just about their end of life planning. Mm-hmm. So which I think for for many people, that's exciting and they feel maybe liberated, right? And then other people, it could be a little scary or um, disheartening, right? If they're like, the, mm-hmm. these are these lifelong traditions that I've subscribed to and mm-hmm. I want to I make sure they're still observed. So, yeah. And to that, I would say, you know, our approach is to empower families with options, whether yes. that be options in the religious avenue, the non-religious avenue, you know, the cultural avenue. There are many different aspects of what folks are, what is important to folks when they are thinking about planning a memorial. So our goal is to make sure each family feels supported in what their particular beliefs are, their particular values, and their particular desires when it comes to how they want to honor and celebrate their loved one. I love it. I love it. Well, Alexandra, I could you know, continue talking to you for hours on end. Uh, this is so fascinating. But before we wrap up, Why don't you share with our listeners a few other trends that you are seeing as people are planning their, doing their end of life planning? I'd be happy to. One interesting trend that we are seeing that's newer is people gathering for a memorial or celebration of life not immediately after someone passes away, but waiting a matter of weeks or even months before they gather folks together to honor them. And what we're hearing from families is they want to give themselves time to process their immediate grief and to give themselves more peace of mind when planning and more time when planning to really feel like they've done that person justice and really plan something that feels right for them. So whereas in the past, a funeral or memorial would often take place within days of someone passing away, we're seeing more families take care of a a burial or cremation immediately after the passing, but then waiting a period of time before they gather family, friends, neighbors, colleagues, etc. together for that memorial or celebration of life. And sometimes they're even picking a specific date of significance in that person's life. So maybe they wait until a birthday or an anniversary of their passing or an anniversary you know, of a couple's marriage, for example. So sometimes they pick specific dates of significance to gather, but sort of that trend of gathering farther after a passing is something interesting that we're seeing. 
That is, and that would have been so helpful. I know, again, when my mom passed, we turned it around, I think in like four or five days and it was, it was a sprint. That can Uh, be very overwhelming. Yes. Yes. And then, oh, go on. I was just going to ask, I think you've mentioned too, it's been interesting to see how even, um, I know this is a delicate topic, but as we're coming out of the pandemic or perhaps Mm -hmm. returning to more, you know, being in person, um, I believe you've seen still a a strong um, desire or demand for streaming capabilities. Yes, virtual options we have seen persist even beyond the COVID conditions alleviating. So obviously during the height of the pandemic, when we were facing social distancing restrictions and families couldn't travel to be together, almost everyone had to gather virtually. But what we're seeing is that even now that people are able to gather in person, we're seeing a lot of families still provide a live stream option or even get everyone together in a virtual environment because families are so spread out these days. Very often, you know, when you think about the the arc of someone's life and all of the, the family members they have, the friends they've had over the course of their lives, maybe colleagues and different work environments that they've been part of, oftentimes those can span multiple cities. There's a, I believe the average American now moves 12 times in a lifetime. Oh, wow. So when you think about how many many people. That means they've touched in different, you know, how many lives they've touched in different parts of the country or multiple countries. Right. Um, a virtual option can be a very, can be a great way to be inclusive about allowing multiple folks in multiple locations to access the ceremony, even if there is an in-person setting as the, the main gathering area. Well, that... I, I, yeah, I think that's great because not only are people all over the place from different phases of your life, but with the ability of hybrid work or remote work as well, people may have moved <laughs> out of the country or across the country. Um, that's right. So that's, that's a great way for them to still be able to participate uh, in yes. the ceremony. Ah, well, thank you so much for sharing um, a wealth of information and certainly educating our listeners on the fact that there are options and there is no right or wrong with so many things in life, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's great that they know, A, that um, uh, there's people available to help guide them through this process and even to just... um, I'm normalizing the concept of there's a lot of different ways you can go about celebrating your loved one's legacy. That's right. I like the way you said that, you know, normalizing this idea that there's multiple approaches because oftentimes when a family comes to us and have ideas of their own about how they may want to approach things, a lot of times there's almost this feeling like they need permission. Like they ask us, is it okay to do it this way? You know, is it okay that we want to incorporate this video or this ritual or this speaker. So I think education and awareness around there is no right or wrong way to do this. It, you know, it can be tailored to what feels right for your loved one, your family, your beliefs is really important so that people are empowered with knowledge and options when it comes to how to honor their loved one's life or their own life. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, great. Well, before we, we, sign off here today. I ask all of my guests a question. 
assuming, you know, no time constraints, no money constraints, uh, where would you most like to live and why? You know, I would I would have to choose Chicago for this and oh, you know, which I is where it. I live now. Yes, um, but go on. I, I, you know, grew up here in the Chicagoland area and moved away for college and my first job. And I always wanted to get back to Chicago because my family's here and it was always home. So mm. when it comes to thinking about where I'd want to live, for me, you know, I am where I want to be. So that's that's that's, uh, that's my answer. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. You can you've already checked that box off. That's right. Well, again, I do want to thank you for sharing your time and your knowledge with our audience. If anyone would like to get in touch with you or one of your team members, how can they do that? Sure. So we can be found online at lightenarrangements.com or we can be reached by phone at 312-373-0847. Wonderful. Thanks again for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. Alexander, thank you again. I'm just going to echo what Nicole said. Great information. Uh, amazing stuff that's going on. And I love the fact that you just make people feel comfortable thinking about what they want and then knowing what they want, being firm in the fact that that's, you know, that's what they want or their loved ones wants. And it's not abnormal, right? It's not, well, yes. you know, it should be, it should be this. No, no, it shouldn't be. It should be whatever you want. And so I love the fact that that's your approach. So thank you so much for being on the show. Nicole, again, another amazing guest. I wish I had friends like you because <laughs> make life a lot easier. If, if you want, uh, if, if people want to get a hold of you and, and talk to you about that, because one of the things that you brought up was you got a document checklist that you guys work with and you make sure that things are as done as possible on your right. end. And a lot of people haven't done that. Uh, unfortunately, the funeral I'm going to at the end of the week here, uh, my, my, one of my best friends, dad's passed away without a will and they just never had that conversation, you know? So it's going to be kind of a nightmare with, with five kids involved. So if people need to reach out to you, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, that's that's a great point. I do want to say that more often than not, it's pretty common people have not uh, don't have everything in line. So mm -hmm. it's always good to revisit. And if you do, that's great. Um, but if anyone would like to get in touch with me or any of the other advisors at Private Vista, they can reach us at it um, for email info at myprivatevista.com. Or they can go to our website, which is myprivatevista.com. And in the upper right-hand corner, there'll be a button they can click on to contact us. Fantastic. To both of you, thank you so much again for doing the podcast today. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Dollars and Cents podcast with Nicole Romito. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe down button below. This way when Nicole comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Private Vista, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, sponsored by Private Vista. Visit our website at www.myprivatevista.com or give us a call at 312-831-4370. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Private Vista is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. 
This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions, or results obtained from the use of this information. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, assume no liability for action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced. Such data and other information are subject to changes without notice. This was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.